There is nothing more uncomfortable than when you get stuck with one of those stickers or you all of a sudden have something that is irritating you on your skin or in your shoe or, or wherever it is. There is nothing more frustrating. The only thing that you can focus on is not Canaan, it's Jericho when it is a prick in your eye or a thorn in your side. When God said this to Moses, this is the law. Trust me on this because I want you to go into Canaan and to drink the milk and the honey and the, all the things because I want you to fully embrace what I have for you. Do the work of dispossession because I do not want you to get in there and I do not want you to get frustrated and I do not want you focusing on your eye or the thorn in your arm or in your side or whatever because you just didn't do the work of dispossession first. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Let's go. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. It is spring in Texas and I am ready to go today. The days have been so beautiful, you guys. I hope you are enjoying spring. I hope it reminds you of the newness of the Lord. I love it. I love a flower. I love a tulip. I love clover. <laughs> I love it all. I love the little buds on the trees. I love the leaves. I'm like obsessed. I'm also obsessed with fires right now. We have a fire pit in our backyard and Moses and I are learning how to build a fire because I'm 42 and never learned how to do that. So <laughs> we're sitting out by the fire all the time because, you know, sometimes those days are just a little chilly and you need just something a little to take the edge off. Well, we're building fires over here, me and Moses. I hope today finds you well. I have got a word after the break. Do not go away. I think it's going to... um encourage your spirit and encourage your heart. And man, I'm absolutely loving it. Well, 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 let me get into a couple of announcements before I get into what God is doing or just what's happening in my life. We have merch in the store. If you guys want to go grab it from the website, autumnmiles.com slash whatever it is, merch, I think. Uh, but there's stuff to buy. There's those lion and lamb hoodies. We have jerseys. We have all sorts of stuff in the store. Go get it. Go pick it up. Also, we are going to take this show on the road. And I want to come to you. We've already gotten uh, several emails from y'all, you know, getting details and stuff like that. So you're hearing me out there, which is amazing. Um, we want to come to you, whatever that means in the near future, probably starting in the fall or something like that. If you want to host the Autumn Miles Show on the road, you can email hello at autumnmiles.com. We man that email pretty hardcore because we know you guys are sending us your stories and your prayer requests and all that kind of stuff. Send us an email and say, hey, I'm interested. What's the details? And we'll get back to you ASAP on that because I am obsessed with, you know, coming to see you guys. I just love you so much. You guys are just so awesome. Okay. What is happening in my life? Let me just, I, I just feel like I have to preface what I'm going to say today. Okay. I am not a workout person. Okay. 
I just want you to hear from my mouth. I do not like to work out. I don't even like to, um, I, I don't like to call what I do working out. I actually call it therapy because I think it's more therapy than anything else. But I just have to say, you guys, I'm really, really proud of myself. You know, sometimes you just got to be proud of yourself. This April marks two years of me going to my my movement therapy. <laughs> five days a week, guys, five days. And let me tell you something. I do the elliptical. I don't know any of these, this like jargon that like someone the, the other day was talking about being a yoga instructor. And I was like, what's that like? Like, I have no idea. All these people know how to work out all professionally and know how many reps and all this kind of stuff that you're supposed to do with your weights. I know none of that, but this is what I know. I have learned over the years, consistency and anything works. Consistency works. So I've got my little elliptical out in our, our storage area and I've got my little 15 pound weights. My kids make fun of them. And I'm like, you know what, when you're 42, hit me back with that. Okay. Your little tiny little 15 year old body that can do <laughs> crazy things. Hit me back when you're 42 and we'll talk about the heavy, the lightweights. But I have to say a couple of years ago, I just really, I, my life is very full. It's very robust. There's lots of moving parts and things like that. And I noticed myself getting tired all the time. I was just tired all the time. Like I would wake up tired and then I would like drink coffee and then I'd still be tired. And I'm like, this is not normal. I need to do something about it. And um, I'm telling you what, the consistency of doing the little things has paid off. And I just have to say, I felt like I was on the, on the elliptical the other day and I was all sweaty and disgusting and whatever. And I'm doing what I can because I'm not a professional worker outer like some of you guys are. I just thought, man, I'm really proud that I've kept this up for two years. And you know what? I feel different. I feel like I have more energy and stuff like that. So Anyway, my husband always wants to come in because my husband is really strong. If you've ever met my husband, he's like, he's got huge muscles, which I can say that because he's my husband. <laughs> he's got huge muscles. His strength is ridiculous. I've never met someone that can like pick the things up that he can. He's just, he's kind of like, you know, like what, who would be a person that's really strong? Tarzan? Wait, no, not Tarzan. Hercules? the Hulk, something like that. Maybe not the Hulk, maybe a little less than the Hulk, but he knows all of the workout tips about what to do to gain muscle and all that kind of stuff. And he'll tell me stuff and I'm like, thank you. And I will, I'll think about doing that, but that's stressing me out. I'm just going to do a little bit five days a week consistently. And the Lord has really preached to me about that. You don't have to do everything all at once. As a matter of fact, sometimes we bite off more than we can chew. And we're like, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to run a marathon or a half marathon, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And what God, I think, really wants in our daily lives is do what you can handle consistently. And you will see a difference. And it's really made a difference in me. So anyway, you guys. Are you annoyed that I was just like <laughs> celebrating my own self? <laughs> it's okay if you are, because I felt like the Lord was like, I'm proud of you because normally you would have quit a long time ago because you absolutely hate to work out. Anyway, that's what's happening in my life, guys. <laughs>
I'm just over here on the elliptical day by day, do a lot of meetings on it, and I'm just having a blast, okay? All right, after the break, we are going to go in on something that is so incredibly amazing. But before we do that, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show. I have a new series that we are going to hit hard next week. And you guys, I don't think I've ever done this before, but we are going to talk about a couple of women in the Bible. It's going to be a three-week series, and it is going to be awesome. We're going to talk about women in leadership. Oh, yes, we are. We're going to talk about, I don't want to give it all away, but you're definitely going to want to come back next week because I really feel like the Lord has laid this series on my heart for this time, especially coming into Mother's Day and stuff like that. Uh, So you're not going to want to miss that. Okay. I will see you after the break. We're going to get into God's word. It's going to be awesome. You're not going to want to miss it. Every day, a new day. Yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, we are back. We were talking about how mad we are at my husband during the break because he can do like one rep of... 40 pounds and he has huge muscles. Like what? That is so not fair. It's so not fair. Anyway. Okie doke. Here we are, guys. Listen, Amanda pulls when we don't, when I'm not doing a series, we'll pull stuff that um, maybe I've done in the past and hit on in the past. And if you have read my book, I am Rahab, this text is in it. I haven't talked about it in years. And Sunday I was sitting in church, no kidding. And I was kind of thinking through just some stuff that I'm processing myself. And the Lord brought this passage to my mind. (laughs) And in our production meeting on Monday, Amanda says, I really want you to speak on this again. And so we feel like this is something that God really, it's a message for now. It's a message for now. I want to just say something very, very clear to you guys. This is going to be the main point of what I talk about today. Israel, the nation of Israel, 
once they were um, delivered from the Egyptians, went on what could have been 11 days, but it ended up being 40 years journey to Canaan. Okay. When they got there, this is like Bible school 101. They were commissioned to go in and to defeat Jericho first. I'm going to read the text here in a second. They were not commissioned. They were not told to go in and set up camp. They weren't told to do that. They were told to go in and to dispossess the land from the nations that were already living there. They had to go in and they had to do the work of dispossessing. I want to read this to you after I say this. The reason they had to dispossess the land is because Israel, the nation of Israel, and Jericho and Ai were never meant to be neighbors. Never. 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 And I start off strong because... I have such a heart for those of you today. I feel like a lot of people right now are walking into new seasons. They're walking into new assignments. They're walking into new um, relationships, new, uh, they're moving to new places. They're attending new churches. We are in a season of new. I'm hearing it everywhere. I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm feeling it everywhere. Um, But If we assume the new, if we walk into the new season of life, but we don't possess the nations in us that need to be dispossessed, we will have a problem. When you walk into a new season of your life, wisdom says, Deal with some of the old things in your life that need to be weeded out, pruned out, moved out of your life so that you can live in that new place free. My heart for you guys today is um, do the work of dispossession. Do the work of dispossession. Most people don't want to go back to like something in their life that that has happened, whether it's, uh, you know, a failed relationship and deal with some of the hurt there. Or maybe it's just um, something in your past, like an addiction or something like that, that you just feel guilty about. You've not made peace with that. Maybe you haven't repented from that or whatever. Maybe it's something that you said that you've done. And you just want to move forward and forget. But when you move forward and forget and you you decide that you are just going to stuff it, keep it inside, not deal with it, not talk about it, not pray about it, not invite the Lord to come into it, eventually in that new season, it will materialize in one way or another. God bless you. It's going to come up and it's going to rear its ugly head at a time when you least expect it. You're going to say something, you're going to do something, you're going to be triggered by something and you're going to be like, where in the world did that even come from? Well, it came from Jericho in your mind. 
or in your heart that should have been dispossessed years ago. But it's still sitting there. We've got, as we assume the new, we have got to take care of the old. I want to read this text to you. It's in Joshua 3. Uh, let's see. It's in Joshua 2, excuse me, 23. Now, I wrote the book of Rahab, and I <laughs> devoured Joshua 2 and Joshua 3. Guys, I was all up in that scripture forever for three years. But I want to point out this conversation, okay, that Joshua is having with the two spies that have come back from Rahab's house and they have said, Hey, we want to have a conversation. We went out to spy on the, on Jericho. And this is kind of the information that we have brought back to you. This is what happens. The two men returned and came down from the hill country and crossed over and came to Joshua. Now, remember what Rahab said. She said, hey, when you guys go out, I've hid you. I've basically saved your life. You're welcome. Uh, but when you go out, I want you to go a different way. And I want you to stay in the hill country, uh, you know, for a while, for a few days, because the king's men are going to come after you. Okay. And so that's exactly what they did. But they, when they returned, they came down from the hill country and crossed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun. And they related to him all that had happened to them. They talked about Rahab. They talked about the, the flax. They talked about what Rahab had said. All of these different things that the dialogue, and it is rich dialogue. They talked about the cord that Rahab was going to drop. They talked about saving her. So so you, this was a long conversation between two men but and uh, Joshua, the new leader of Israel. Uh, verse 24 says this. They said to Joshua, after summing it all up, Surely the Lord has given all the land into our hands. Moreover, all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before us. Where did they get that text? They got the text from Rahab's own mouth. Joshua 2, uh, 9 says this. Um, I'll pick it up in 2.8. Joshua 2, 8. Now, before they lay down, she, Rahab, came to them on the roof and she said to them, know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. Verse 10, for we have heard how. The Lord dried up the water at the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And when we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Whew, that just gave me chills. She was preaching. Here is the deal. The spies knew, Rahab knew, and now Joshua knew. It is time to go into the land. And before we set up camp, before we do anything to the land, we have got to dispossess the nations that are in there. And uh, the great confidence and the great confirmation was Rahab telling the spies, listen, God has given you the land. 
Go in there and dispossess the stuff that's in the land. You can surely do it. We're afraid of your God. Our hearts are melted before us. We're terrified of what's of what you could potentially do to us. So Rahab told the spies and the spies told Joshua. So Joshua could walk into the land with great confidence and dispossess Jericho and the other cities that laid in there. One of the most amazing things about going back to our past is that whatever it is that's in your past, whatever Jericho that is in your past, we don't want to deal with because it would take work in order to deal with it. Whatever Jericho you have sitting back there in a corner, the guilt of something that you've done, the hurt, the church hurt, the whatever the hurt is, the frustration of how uh, your your marriage ended or the frustration of of how someone treated you or or whatever it is. It seems almost like an insurmountable task to go and try to sort through that hurt in order to possess Canaan in your own life. But what Rahab said, the spies said, and Joshua acted upon was that surely God has given Jericho into your hand. I submit to you today that going back and taking care of some of the things that are in your past is not as hard as you think it might be. And I can tell you this on authority, with authority, because I've had to do it. I have told you multiple times this year, I do believe that God has given me a mandate uh, um, when it comes to the podcast, because thousands of you guys listen to this every week. Like, it's just crazy. (laughs) You guys just keep coming back, and I love it. But I know in a group, in a family the size of ours, we have got people in our family, guys, that need to do the work of dispossession. Maybe it's even you. And you're telling yourself, I don't want to go back because it's too painful to go back. I don't want to even bring up some of that stuff because it hurts too bad to bring it up. But what I'm telling you is this, God has already done the work of dispossession for you. What happened to Jericho? Jer- uh, uh, Joshua went, he got all of the whole nation together. They went and what did they do? They marched around Jericho for six days. And then on the seventh day, they marched around Jericho and they blew trumpets and the walls fell flat. Do you actually think that their trumpets made an entire city turn to rubble in a second? Absolutely not. God had gone before them when they faced the uh, city that needed to be dispossessed. The work was already done for them. All they had to do was go and obey what God had told them to do. And a group of people this size, you guys, there's thousands and thousands of us. Someone needs to do the work of dispossession. And someone also needs to know that God's already done the work. You just need to go back and obey what he says. Listen, and this is why, this is why, this is why, this is why. Before Joshua took the land, uh, took command, excuse me, of Israel, Moses was still in place. And in Numbers 20, get this right here, got to move my little tabby. Numbers 33, when I saw this, you guys, it wrecked me deeply. 
In Numbers 33, the Lord is giving the law of possessing the land to Moses. Okay. He's giving him the entire law. This is what you're going to do. This is how you, this is what you're going to do in order to possess Canaan. This is what you're going to do. I'm going to read it for you. Um, Numbers 33, verse 50. Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of jo uh, Moab by the Jordan opposite Jericho. So he was by the Jordan. He could probably see Jericho. Uh, he, he was not on the Jericho side of the Jordan. Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, listen to what he said, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when you cross over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you and destroy all their figured stones and destroy their molten images and demolish their high places. And you shall take possession of the land and live in it, for I have given you the land. Verse 55, skipping down one. But if you do not drive out, the inhabitants of the land before you, if you don't do it, if you possess the land, but don't dispossess what's in there, if you don't conquer what's in there first before you possess, but if you do not, verse 55, drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come about that those whom you let remain, those little Jerichos that you let remain, of them will become pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you in the land in which you live. Yikes. <laughs> Let me read verse 55 again. If you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land bef from before you, then it shall come about that those whom you let, it's too hard. I can't go back. I can't deal. I can't repent. I can't get over this. I can't, I can't forgive. I can't do the thing. I can't have that conversation. Those that you let remain of them will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you in the land in which you live. Now, this is, this is my whole point to the whole message. Israel and Jericho were never, ever, meant to be in the same neighborhood, to have the same Amazon Prime guy, to have the same grocery delivery man, to have the same DoorDash guy, never. One was meant to leave so that the other could come in and possess and assume. One was meant to be conquered so then the other could come in and set up camp. One was meant to go away so that that other could come in and finally, for the first time in 40 years, live free in the land that God had set out for them. If you don't, if you let them remain, if you let Jericho stay, if you let AI stay, if you let them stay, you can let them stay. But let me tell you, this is a warning for you. They will become as pricks in your eyes or as thorns in your sides, and they're going to trouble you in the land in which you live. You got one shot at this. You got a shot. I've told this story a lot and it's actually pretty funny because it very basically characterizes my whole personality. <laughs> Years ago, 
I woke up in the middle of the night and I opened my eye and listen, there was something funky going on with my eye. <laughs> I was itchy. It was scratchy. It was like, you know, like you open it and you feel like there's something in it, but there's nothing there. Um, it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, you know, looking, I, I, I get up. Of course, I turn all the lights on because nothing matters at this point. But my eye, there's something wrong with my eye. <laughs> I go get my little mirror and I'm like looking in my eye and I'm, you know, you know, the mirror where you flip it and on the other side, it's really, really close. I hate using that side because I'm like looking at all my wrinkles in my face and stuff. Anyway, I flipped it over. I'm like looking in my eye, like what is going on in my eye? freaking out I wake up Eddie and I'm like Eddie look at my eye it's weird I'm telling you something is wrong with my eye you know and he's like oh my gosh you're fine <laughs> I'm sure it's okay go back to sleep and um but like we'll deal in the morning if it's not better because he was like and actually see all that he has to say is all he has to do is affirm my craziness so if he's like it's actually a little red well i think i'm gonna lose an eye like i think they're gonna have to replace my eye like i mean it's absolutely crazy where my mind goes terrible guys pray for me anyway so i go to bed and um you know go back to sleep wake up and my eye is worse and at this point i am like I can't live like this. I can't live with it feeling like something is poking me in my eye. And he's like, oh my goodness. So we go to an eye doctor. I mean, I think, the, I don't know. The eye doctor opened at like 8 a.m. I'm there like, you know, 7, 7.39 waiting for the eye doctor to open. And like at this point, it's getting all like nasty. You know what I mean? Like, and um, I'm thinking I'm going to die because my eye is, um, I can't function. I can't think of anything else. I can't pray. I can't read the Bible. I can't do anything. <laughs> Stressing out over my eye, right? And um, here I am sitting and my husband's looking at me and he's like wow <laughs> i go in i meet the eye doctor and i'm like am i gonna lose my eye and she's like you have pink eye which you know kind of deflated me a little bit because i was just really really sure it was something other than pink eye that my kids get <laughs> And I was like, wow, I'm kind of embarrassed. It's just pink eye. She's like, yeah, use these drops like once a day for five days. You'll be good as new. And I'm like, are you sure it's not more than that? She's like, it's 100% pink eye. I'm like, are you positive? Do you need to write me a prescription for like some antibiotic or something? She's like, no, it's pink eye. You're going to be fine. So I get in the car and my husband's like, so, I mean, he knew what it was all along. And he's like, so, so what was it? And I was like, don't even start with me. It was pink eye. Like, God bless my husband for not saying, yeah, yeah, overreacted. He didn't say that because if he did, he'd probably get in trouble by me. But um, he just said, okay, let's go get the drops. <laughs> and it's like drops that babies use. You know, it's like, I think they're the same drops. Anyway, I'm not an ophthalmologist, so I'm not sure, but it's real mild. Okay. I'm freaking out that it felt like something was in my eye for a couple of hours. Okay. It was, I, I couldn't focus on anything else. And you know, I'm more of an external processor, but I know you internal processors. I know you think sometimes the same exact things that I do. You just keep it in. So you don't look crazy. Anyways. Um, so we go, 
we get my drops and I'm thinking the whole time, I'm glad that's literally within like an hour, my eye was better. And it was, it was still red. It was still red for a, a couple of days, but you know, I was fine. But if I didn't have those drops and if I didn't have a doctor to go see this whole idea of it shall come about first 55 that those who you let remain of them will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides and they'll trouble you in the land of you as pricks in your eyes when i read this verse uh years ago this is the first thing i thought of was when i had this case of pink eye how descriptive is it when you have something in your eye, when you have uh, something going on, it literally will tank your vision, tank your focus, distract you forever. <laughs> Everything about the decisions that you make regarding your life will have to be made based on what's going on with your eye. It will trouble you, he says, in the land in which you live. I cannot think of a more annoying, frustrating thing than for someone to have pink eye for the rest of their life. And that's what I thought that day after I read this verse. This is what he's talking about when it comes to Jericho being allowed to stand without uh, dispossessing it first before they went in and set up camp. If you let them remain, those that you let remain, you're going to be bothered, distracted, focused on them, constantly looking over your shoulder, needing, um, making decisions based on them for the rest of your life. I know you want the promised land, but there's work to do before we get there. My son the other day, Moses, I don't know how this child gets so many splinters. I am a professional splinter taker router. Okay. I've got a thing. I've got a whole system. I've got four kids. I've got, I had a lot of splinters in my day. I've got, we've got fire ants here. I got a whole little whole system for fire ants. By the way, if you need to know what my system is for fire ants, I've got it to a place where it doesn't swell and it doesn't sting if you catch it immediately. Anyway, my son gets, he gets pricks all the time. Like he's, con he's just a, a boy's boy, Moses. And uh, Saturday, he was pulling weeds for us because we ask our kids to pull weeds. I know, do chores. I know. Yes, we do that. Um, but he came in, he had this huge weed. I mean, I was like a three foot weed. I'm like, where in the world was that even growing? That had like a water supply to it. You know, one of those weeds. And he's like, mom, and I looked at him and there was pr like uh, pricklies. I don't know what you call them. Stickers all in this weed. And he was like, mom, stop, something's sticking to me. And I looked and I was like, oh my gosh, you have like these little, these little pricks, these little thorns all in you. So he had to stand in front of me and I had to get thing and pull out all of these little thorns that was in his arms. You know, what he came to, he came to mom, fix it. I don't want to live another day or another five minutes with these prickly thorns, these stickers in my arm. Mom, take them out. There is nothing more uncomfortable 
than when you get stuck with one of those stickers or you all of a sudden have a splinter or you all of a sudden have something that is irritating you on your skin or in your shoe or, or wherever it is. There is nothing more frustrating. The only thing that you can focus on is not Canaan, it's Jericho when it is a prick in your eye or a thorn in your side. When God said this to Moses, this is the law. Trust me on this. This is wisdom. Because I want you to go into Canaan and to drink the milk and the honey and the, all the things, um, because I want you to fully embrace what I have for you, do the work of dispossession. Because I do not want you to get in there and I do not want you to get frustrated and I do not want you focusing on your eye or the thorn in your arm or in your side or whatever, because you just didn't do the work of dispossession first. He says, those that you let remain, that those who you let remain, verse 55, will become pricks in your eyes and thorns. You let remain. You let remain. Most of the time that we let things remain because we think they're too painful to deal with. This comes out in you having a child that you desperately wanted. You wanted this child. You're, this child is your Canaan. You wanted it. You prayed for it. Girl, boy, whatever. Both. <laughs> you wanted it. You prayed for it. And you find yourself saying things to the child. And you think, where did that come from? I wanted this child. I prayed for this child and now all of a sudden I'm saying things that I don't even know why I'm saying to this child. There's an anger coming out of me that the child didn't do. So where is this coming from? I'll tell you where it's coming from. It's coming from a Jericho that has not been dispossessed, maybe from a mom that hurts you, that you never dealt with in your past that you let remain. I'll tell you from experience, marrying Eddie was my second marriage, as you all know. And I wanted to marry Eddie. I I still love Eddie. We're almost 19 years in, girls and boys. It's an honor to be his wife. But when we got married, <laughs> all I thought was, wow, he's so cute. He's so strong. He's got huge muscles. He's so passionate about the Lord. He's so this. He's so that. And it wasn't a couple of years before that, that I had just been divorced from someone that mistreated me terribly for years. When I got married to Eddie, I, I remember saying things to him or uh, being triggered by things or being hurt by things or reacting in a way. And he would look at me and we both would look at each other and be like, where did that come from? <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know. Until I realized this scripture. If you don't drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, then it shall come about that those that you let remain will become pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you in the land in which you live. There was so much hurt from my first marriage that I didn't dispossess. I just stuffed and didn't deal with. And I married Eddie. And guess what? It became a prick in my eye and a thorn in my side. And it troubled me until I faced it head on and said, you are not my boss 
anymore. I could say that the same way that the spies looked at Joshua and said, the Lord has given us Jericho. The Lord has done the work for us. The Lord has gone ahead of us and has put fear literally in the people that lived in Jericho's hearts and minds. Their hearts were melted. The Lord has done the work. All we have to do is go out and face Jericho and God is going to dispossess that nation before us. I had not done that yet. And God bless Eddie. I got married to Eddie with so many Jerichos still living inside of me that I don't need, by the grace of God, we're still married today. I did a study, guys, that wrecked me. And when I say wrecked me, it wrecked me. I did a study all about facing abuse in your past. And I don't think anyone would pick up this read as like a read where it's like, wow, this is really entertaining. It was the worst book I've ever read, but the best book I have ever read. And I started to do work on those Jerichos and I started to realize things and I started to forgive and I started to um, dispossess some of the strongholds, the enemies that were in my past. And I started to look at them and say, you don't have power over me anymore. I don't want to live frustrated for the next God. However long God gives me on this planet, I don't want to live with a prick in my eye and a thorn in my side for the rest of my life. I am going to do the work of dispossession. And one by one, those Jerichos fell and they crumbled and they fell and they crumbled and they fell. And and today I can say after 19 years of marriage and a whole lot of work on my part and on his part, because Eddie wasn't a saint before we got married, we've disabled the power of the Jerichos. And we're living right now and have been living in a section, a season of our marriage that is Jericho free. And I can only say that because I've done the work. It's hard to go back, you guys. I understand. But along with me this year, let's do the work of healing. Let's face some of those things that are scary. You know, Jericho was an incredible city and it was very well fortified. It was very, uh, it was very strong because it, partly because it was right beside the Jordan and it did have that water supply and there's a lot of strength in that water supply that they were able to utilize that was so close to them. So um, it was a very strong, fortified, well-supplied city. I mean, the water supply allows you to do a lot of things. It allows you to plant the flax, for instance. Uh, Rahab was harvesting the flax. It was drying out on her roof. It enables you to do things that without that water supply, you would not have been able to do or not have been able to do that that easily. It was intimidating, but not overcomable. It was overcomable. And Joshua knew that. Not because he felt that, because the Lord had told them that. I don't want you to live in Canaan with Jericho as your neighbor. I don't want you to do that. One of the ways that you can identify if you have a Jericho is what triggers you. Pay attention to it. 
someone's names comes up or if some situation comes up or, you know, even if a time period in your life comes up or a certain word comes up, pay attention to what it does to your soul. If it bothers you, if it frustrates you, start being aware of your own soul and look at that thing and say, why does this bother me so much? Lord, what do I need to face that's on the inside of me? And as he reveals, hey, this is a, this is a mom hurt. This is a dad hurt. This is, you know, insecurity in you. This is something that you just never quite got over. As he reveals to you those things, go out with him and face your Jericho so that you can live in the land of Canaan peacefully. Yeah. Does that help you guys? I love the word of God. Isn't it good? (laughs) It's like it never runs out. There's always something to say. It never runs out. Let me pray for your Lord. We love you. And I thank you, God, for this. Uh, It's such a practical example of what we need to do when we're walking into a new season. Assume the new, but make sure you dispossess the old so the old doesn't ruin the new. Lord, I thank you for your mercy for us, your patience, your grace, your goodness for us. I thank you, Lord, that you are so present. I thank you, Father God, that that this passage is even in the scripture. I thank you for the wisdom on how to live through your scripture. And God, I pray for that person that knows that there's something Lord, we talked last week about moving forward, and I just think it's so interesting that you brought this to us this week. Move forward, but but also deal with what's in the past. God, I, I just feel like those two messages are in tandem, and they work together so beautifully, Lord. So for that person that needs to face some stuff, they need to have a phone call to make to say, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. They need to face something from their past, and they need to apply the power of the word of God to it. So they stop living in guilt, Lord, and shame. God, I pray if it's a phone call or if it's something they need to do internally, or I pray that you would give them the courage, just like Joshua, be strong and courageous. Don't tremble or be afraid for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. God, I pray that you would give them that courage that you gave Joshua. Even now, as I speak, even now, as they hear what I'm saying, give them the courage to dispossess their Jerichos. We love you, Lord. We love you. We trust you. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with our kids. We trust you with our marriages. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Wasn't that good? Oh, man, I love it. Good old Bible sandwich for you. Okay, come back right after the break, and I've got a story and a question from one of you. Cannot wait to see you in 30 seconds. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. 
What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X-Y-Z-A, yeah. Okay, guys, we're back. We're all obsessed with God's word. Everyone on the call today that I'm recording this through, we're all obsessed. Oh, he's so good. There is like, the Bible never is boring to me ever. People that say the Bible is boring, I'm like, show me. Where? Show it to me. I just, I guess I used to think like that too, but oh my goodness, when you get in there and you dig and you know that it is a living, breathing organism, oh my gosh. It just, it blows my mind. I love it. I love it. I love it. A great love of my life right here at the word of God. Okay. This is an incredible question and I'm so glad that we got it. Can you please recommend how to study my Bible and any resources I should obtain? I love it. Okay. There is an app called the Blue Letter Bible. It has been around a while. Okay. I use this a lot. It will tell you, you can type basically anything in there, like, you know, John 316 or, you know, whatever it is. And it will give you the original language and then it'll separate the verses by words. So for God so loved the world, it'll be in a line. You can click on one of the words and it'll show you what that word actually means in the original language. That is an excellent resource for you guys just to dig around with and play with. A lot of times if I have like a word that really the Lord highlights to me, I will get in a blue letter Bible. It's an app, but you can, they also have a website and I'll just poke around and, and see like exactly what it means in the original language. A lot of times that's where I go to get like guys in the Hebrew, it says this in the Greek, it says this, you know, so that is an excellent source that I found and that I've used. I should, I should do a partnership with Blue Letter Bible. That would be great. Another thing I would highly, highly, highly recommend is get in a real beefy study Bible. Okay. Don't get a little puny Bible that doesn't have anything written in it because the beautiful thing about a study Bible, and I have one, but it's been recovered so many times. Let me tell you what it is. I don't even know if the word, if it's, I don't even think it's in here. I don't even know who, <laughs> I don't know who published my Bible, but it's amazing guys. Zondervan. Zondervan NASB study Bible is what I use. I found it, but it's old. 
my husband bought it for me when we got married, like 2004 or three. Anyway, I use the NASB because I find that it's more close to the original language, um, New American Standard Version Bible. And this is the Zondervan NASB study Bible is what I use. For my children, I bought them a beefy study Bible. And this is why I bought them a Bible. Now, some people don't like the bulk. Great, fine. Don't carry it around everywhere. Don't go to Chick-fil-A with it. You've got the Bible app on your phone, okay? The, the reason I do this is because most of the time in a study Bible, a good one, a solid one, and this is what you want to look for, they will have uh, verses in the middle of the page or somewhere around the page that will cross-reference to one of so for one of the verses that you're reading. So if you're reading 2 Kings 4, which is what I just opened up to, there's a whole chapter in uh, 2 Kings 4. But in the middle of my page, with every single verse, there are verses that tie back to that verse, which is called cross-referencing. Get that in your study Bible. Also, at the bottom of my study Bible, there are notes with lot, not, not every verse, but there are notes with a lot of the different verses. So half of my page is scripture. Half of my page is information that someone else has already studied. <laughs> Sometimes I'll go and check it and I'll be like, is that for real? Just to make sure I'm giving you guys the correct information. And that's really funny that I'm checking like a study Bible's like references. It's funny, but I do do it. So that's what I would highly recommend. I believe I bought my kids the, I wanna say, oh gosh. No, I don't want to tell you wrong. Uh, but I went to Barnes and Noble and I went and I, I actually looked through all the Bibles to make sure that they had beautiful cross-referencing section that was easy for them to pull. And I also looked to make sure that they had a beautiful, healthy section about interesting facts about specific things in the verses. Okay. I think if you start off with those two things, that would be huge. Most of the time I'm with the Lord every single day for an hour, almost every day. Like sometimes it's not an hour, but, but I, I study the word of God for about an hour every day. And I never stay in the verse I open up to. I'll go to like a John three sixteen, and then I'll look where does this cross reference? And I will look at the text and look to what it cross references to. And it shows you that the Bible is a whole story, Old Testament pointing towards Jesus, New Testament pointing back to Jesus, you know? So those are some things that you could really start off with. It will show you the Bible in a totally different way. Okay. I also like Bible hub because it shows this, a, that's a website too. It shows you all the different translations like right back to back to back to back. I also uh, use the Bible app. I don't use the Bible app a ton, but I do use it in church. <laughs> or if I need to copy and paste or something like that, or if I'm like, ooh, what did that passage say? I'll look it up. That's also a good one. But here's the deal. You can have all the study resources in the world, but if you don't use them, what's the use, right? Just like I talked about at the beginning of the show, little things done consistently create result. If you just made a commitment, I'm going to cross-reference one verse a day. At the end of a year, 365 days, 
you're adding another 365 verses onto that. I mean, you're looking at, I don't even know, I can't do math. <laughs> it's like 800 verses that you're actually looking at in one year. Little things done. Don't bite the whole thing off. Do little things consistently. And you'll find, you know, like me, I have an insatiable desire to know what the word of God says. If you're not there, you're going to get there because it's fascinating what the word of God says when you dig into it. Like you literally can't reach the bottom ever, ever. Okay. That was a really, really long question, but I love that question so much. I took a little time on it. Here's our testimony for today. Praise the Lord. I am finally coming out of a four-year wilderness. Well, congratulations. Welcome out. That involved my third divorce, moving to a whole new town and getting set free from oppression. She's been reconstructing her relationship with her daughter and um, no one but the Lord has been there to sustain me. And it's been the hardest yet most beautiful time of my life that I have ever been through. Welcome out of that wilderness. I'm so glad. The third divorce, I know that that had to have been incredibly hard. Welcome out. Uh, go into that land like we just talked about. Go into Canaan, possess that land, do the work of dispossession, deal with some of those herds, and man, you will be unstoppable. I love it. Thank you for that testimony. Send me your testimonies. What is God doing in your life? Hello at autumnmoz.com. We want to know when we read them. It makes us cry every single time, and I love them so much. I love you guys. We are going to talk about women, my series about women next week. You do not want to miss it. I'm dying over these scriptures. They're so good. Okay. Come back next week so we can talk about some amazing women in the Bible. Love y'all. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.